folks. Welcome to week 10 of the college football season. You know, the Take the Points College Football Podcast, sometimes we're right about things, sometimes we're wrong, we have a mixed record, but there's one thing that we've been right about for 10 years that we are the premier source for that we never miss on, and that is horrible coaching in college football. And this is one of the banner weeks of our 10 years, and we're going to talk about the situation in Auburn. But first, I have to throw it to my colleague, Ryan Spillett. There are bad coaching performances, and then there are all-time bad coaching performances. And a certain coach at a certain university in Boston, not Harvard, a different one, lost 13-3 to to the Yukon Huskies. And this demands our attention at the top of the show. Ryan, you are a coaching expert. What happens next in Boston College? What can you even do after a game like that? It's only one thing you can do, Tom. That's call the locksmith. Change the locks on the coach's office. It's time to move on. It's not good. Like It's one thing to lose to Yukon. It's another thing that you lose 13 to three. You scored three points. Was the weather bad? Are we, are we unaware of a random freak weather game, but three points against UConn? Jim Mora, coach of the year. It's common. It was, uh, it was actually unseasonably warm this weekend up here in the Northeast. So that's no excuse. That's bad. I mean, we'll get we'll get more into him later. I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to appear later on. Our famous segment, the Tarmac Report. I don't hope I'm not spoiling anything, but our famous segment on coaching, the Tarmac Report, is yet to come, as well as our other great segments, Dan's Coach's Restaurant. Um, we'll talk about Auburn in just a second, but Dan, as a UConn alum. Anything you'd like to say? You also hate Boston College. I think it's your most hated school. It is, hands down. Uh, they are they're the worst for so many different reasons. Um, yeah, felt great to beat them 13-3. to three. Nice to see Jeff Halfley and there's a uh, school of losers go down. And um, UConn has, is, is, is the premier football team in new England yet again. It's true. Our fictional Northeast 12, they are, they are the champs of the Northeast 12. All right. Moving along to a more important coaching situation, you know, nationally, this has a little bit more importance. Auburn, uh, man, I don't even know where to start. I'll throw it to you, Ryan, except to say that Auburn is now paying, I think $42 million in various buyouts to their last three or four coaches. So let's start there. I mean, what, what I feel like a fool even asking this, but what went wrong, Ryan? Uh, well, we're going to start at the beginning because that was the first thing that went wrong was you hired a clown from Boise. (laughs) Okay. So that's, that's step one, not a great decision. Then. He comes down, he's basically forced to hire specific like assistant coaches. That does not work out well. Looking at you, Bobo. So they had to ax him after a year. He's on his think of what they're on their third defensive coordinator. It's you know, I don't know if you guys had a chance to read that article I sent you from uh, Alabama.com. By the way, they are tremendous journalists, not just college football. Like they write great articles in general. Like I know ct.com is, is your wheelhouse, Tom, but al.com is, is, is pretty good for the, for the Southern part of the country. They, I mean, there's many good journalists throughout the country, but the more like difficult the situation, the more I find that, um, journalists rise to the occasion. So those like smaller markets, more strapped for cash. Those are the ones who really do the great doing the Lord's work. 
They do. And I tell you, it, that, that article is really good. Um, the best part was the conversation with Derek Mason was hilarious. Where Mason told him, like, you got to listen to me. I have more head coaching experience in the SEC than you do. And Harson just looked at him and laughed and goes, oh, you mean Vanderbilt? <laughs> and from there, things went even worse. So uh, I won't get into the, the, the rumors. I won't get into the, uh, that other stuff that, that went down allegedly with him uh, regarding a certain student athlete that somehow got hired as like director of football operations as like a 22 year old girl. So we're going to ignore that, that situation and just say football wise, he was awful. He didn't go to coaches clinics. He was always turning over assistant coaches. That article was talking about him missing a, uh, a big Georgia football coaching clinic where Kirby Smart and Saban were like the top two guys. He didn't even show up because he had to try to hire a new assistant coach. And um, so he just never fit in. He was never the right fit to begin with. And uh, he's going to enjoy life a mile high up when he's the Colorado coach because that's exactly where he belongs. Dan, we were talking about it earlier, but um, you know a coaching situation's bad when it has a ripple effect to other programs in the country. Would you like to talk about the ripple effect of Brian Harson? Yeah, um, it's always important <clears throat> to uh, investigate these coaches and see where else they've uh, completely fucked up and how it changed it. So he took over at Boise State, which is about the easiest job ever. You played the Mountain West, you recruit way better than everyone else, and he made that team awful and not fun for the first time in 15 years. Then he goes to Auburn, screws that up. Now, um, you know, uh, there's going to be someone else who has to take his place, and Harson is in the middle of it. Uh, Ryan, I would like to point out one thing from that article. He skipped a charity event hosted by great Auburn alum, Bo Jackson. You cannot skip no. Bo Jackson's charity event. Like that's like Uzi, like like you're like whatever head manager or whatever at your job, being like, "Hey, uh, hey Tom, I really need to call you, uh, or um, I need you to call me. Can you give me a call?" And you're just like, "Nah, I can't make that call." Like, yeah, they're like can't- like we work with donors, and that would be like you know our biggest like multi multi million dollar donor being like Tom I really need your help and I'll be like I got some shit going on I'll catch you later yeah embarrassing what a loser uh I mean a, the ripple effect goes further because uh we talked a lot in the last few years about Bo Nix looking great as a freshman then p- being our front runner for the Zach Mills award just looking worse and worse every year now he's looking like Johnny Unitas over in the resurgent Oregon Ducks so like we got to blame Harson for that, right? I mean, Bo Nix might have been yep. pretty good this whole time. Mm-hmm. It's so true. What a clown! And and even Gene Chiggins is looking better than you right now. Gus Melzahn's looking good. Everybody's looking better away from Auburn. Yeah. So exactly, exactly true. So uh, bad times, Dan. Anything else you want to talk about from Week Nine, or shall we get into the lines? No, I think we're good. Uh, we'll cover everything else. Um, yeah, we don't need to talk about Penn State, Ohio State, or Syracuse, no, Notre no, Dame. We it's, don't. it's all irrelevant. Let's just move right into the lines. We got a lot of good stuff, a lot we, of good segments to we get do to. Need to. Yeah, we got segments. We got a lot more hot UConn talk coming up too, Dan. So yep. let's get into That's these lines. That's a good lines. segue, Tom. Right off the bat, Friday night, UMass at UConn. UConn laying 15 and a half total 39 and a half. Uh, go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead, Tom. Dan, we've been doing this show for 10 years and we've never achieved even a modest amount of success. Do you think that has anything to do with our insistence on talking about UConn for about 40% of every week? I don't think that's the problem, Tom, but uh, <laughs> just, I, I'm, you know, there's a I'm lot of problems with the this show. I'm, I'm very stubborn. I'm not changing the formula. <laughs> All right. Uh, why don't you take this one, Dan? And then I have a um, hypothetical question for the group. Okay, great. 
lay it with UConn. UMass is the worst team in college football. UConn needs this win to get to five and five because then they're going to lose next week to Liberty, and then they'll play Army the last week of the year to become bowl eligible, which is a must-watch game. Very excited for that. So take care of business. Beat UMass. They're the worst. Go Huskies. Ryan, anything you'd like to add? Ryan had his headphones off. Is that a pass, Ryan? That's a pass. <laughs> Sorry, all that UConn talk. I started choking. All right, I well, had to mute myself. All right. This is one you'll want to tune in for because you can both chime in. So uh, UConn has just announced their game at UMass next year, 2023, will be played at a neutral field location TBD. So my question for, uh, you know, mostly Dan, but either of you, let's throw out some possible locations. What is the most appropriate neutral field for a UConn UMass football game? Dan. Uh, I would go with the parking lot uh, outside the Hartford Meadows during a Dave Matthews concert. I'm thinking that would draw, that makes the most sense. Just put the game right in the parking lot. Instead of end zones on a field, just get orange road cones from Home Depot, fence it off, and that's where you'd get the biggest crowd. It'd be, well, you'd get a way bigger crowd. I know. You go, you, way it more doesn't, people. It, you don't even need Dave Matthews. You can have one of those like country guys that we know their name, but nobody can name a song by them. Like mm-hmm. Luke Combs. We can play yeah, it at fine. the Luke Combs show. There's also a, uh, my suggestion was there's a landfill right down the street from the meadows. So perhaps they can play on the landfill. I like that too. Ryan, any suggestions for where to play the UConn UMass game? Worcester high school. (laughs) That's roughly halfway. I mean, it's in the wrong direction for both teams, but it's roughly halfway. Yeah. And I think that's appropriate for both those programs going the wrong way i like the parking lot idea it could just be like like a pickup game oh i mean the meadows is good too there's also like a carmax on that same street so they could just play in the Mm -hmm. carmax parking lot all right moving on what do we got next dan all right uh, also friday night oregon state at washington both teams at six and two washington at home three and a half point line total 55 Oregon State's been kind of skating by some sketchy opponents uh, playing with their uh, number two quarterback. Uh, I don't think they'll be able to score enough points in this game to catch up with Washington. Night game, home in Seattle. I think three and a half is actually a little bit low. Uh, I like Washington and the over both in that game, but I like Washington more minus three and a half. Uh, Dan, what happened to Washington? They were looking like one of the best teams in the country for a few weeks. They just can't play any uh, defense. You know, they they still score 38 to 52 every game. Um, I just don't think Oregon State will be able to uh, catch up, but they have an awesome offense and they're a lot of fun. So just want to point that one out there before we move on to Saturday. All right, let's go on to Saturday. Early slate, all kinds of nonsense going on. Ohio State travels to Northwestern. Ohio State minus 38, total 60 and a half. Ohio State coming off a win over Penn State where they looked very shaky, then turned it on the fourth quarter, scored four touchdowns in five minutes, and uh, was able to win the game. Northwestern coming off probably the worst performance of any team the entire year, giving up 33 points to Iowa is like giving up 700 to Ohio State. Um, Northwestern literally is the worst team I've seen all year, I think think besides maybe Colorado uh yeah it's those two for you know um, power fives Z it's 38 are, are are you laying the 38 on the road in an early slate game with Ohio State yes here's the thing I'm laying the 38 and I'm debating the total because I think it's either going to be 59 to zero or 63 to zero and that's depending on that outcome, you're, uh, you know, one way or the other with the total. So if it can drop to like 59, I'm going to lay it with Ohio State, take the over 59 and count on zero points from Northwestern. Very 50, accurate. Ryan. 52, 52, nothing. Take Ohio State in the under. 
Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I'm thinking. Like it's just it's a little bit too much points because they'll be up. Um, you might want to look at a first half line too because this feels like a 38-0 at halftime type game. Yeah, I think this is easy. Actually, I don't understand. I think this should be Ohio State minus forty-eight and a half or something like that. Um, Northwestern's terrible on both sides of the ball. There's nothing that's going to stop Ohio State. They were sloppy last week, so they're actually going to try this week. This is going to be really bad. 55-3. That's my prediction. Um, all right. 9 a.m. or noon, whatever. Depends where you live. Texas Tech at TCU. TCU minus 9.5. Total 69.5. Texas Tech got waxed at home in a primetime spot uh, last week. They look terrible. Offense looked really, really awful. They're playing with their third-string quarterback. I guess they're going to go with him. I don't know. TCU, once again, finds a way to win. They find a way to cover miraculously thanks to a shady uh, offsides play at the end of the game. And the over came in. This line is only TCU 9.5 because it's TCU versus Texas next week, and this is the ultimate look-ahead spot. Um, Ryan, what do you think about this one? I I mean, you guys know I've been on Texas Tech all year, um, but they they are just – decimated by injuries and TCU being ranked seventh in the first playoff poll today has got to have them really pissed off. Um, still haven't heard a lot of Sonny Dykes conversations about where he's going to, if he's going to leave TCU or not. So until I start hearing those more prevalently, I'm going to keep rolling with TCU. This to me is an easy, easy cover. Z. Yeah, I don't have much to add except, you know, what Ryan said. I think the playoff polls out and they can taste it now. I mean, TCU controls their own destiny. I think if they win out and they win the Big 12 and they're undefeated, I think you got to put them in the playoff, right? So, yeah. um, but if they lose a game, there's a fairly good chance they get left out. So, you know, it's 100%, 100% chance they get left out. Yeah. So, I mean, we know how. We know from year one how the playoff committee feels about TCU and teams of that ilk. So uh, who, who knows? If I were a Sonny Dykes, I'd be showing them video footage of like 2014 when uh, was it Jameis Winston just got like waxed in the first round. It's like it should have been us. Exactly. All right, let's move on to another game, but this is not just any game. This is your your opinion is wrong game of the week. Yes. Uh, before we get into this, I'd like to talk about last week's your opinion is wrong game, Miami, Virginia, which finished 14-12 in four overtime. So 12. Thank you very much. My favorite. <laughs> can I set this up because it is a new segment? This is the segment where Dan picks a game where any and all possible bets are wrong and any outcome is possible. Ryan and I will pick opposing sides and Dan will tell all of us why our opinion is wrong. So what, have we, what have we got for this week? And may, you're on a roll because what it was, what hit <laughs> yeah. Louisville finished 13 yep. to 10 and then Miami, Virginia finished 14 to 12 in four overtimes. So if you say you saw either of those coming, you are a liar. Well, here we go this week. Florida at Texas A&M. Oh, I this knew it. Is... <laughs> All right. Texas A&M at home lane, three and a half, total 54. Uh, we'll start it off with Tom. Give me your side and total. Okay. I've got a visual for this one. So if you can see it there, I'm actually wearing my... It's hard to see. I'm wearing my Tom Petty Day at the Swamp t-shirt, which just came in the mail. Uh, so in honor of the great Tom Petty, whose uh, full moon fever I listened to today, I'm going to say Florida rises to the occasion, does a high-scoring game, just destroys that Texas A&M defense and uh, covers, and uh, we get an over. High-scoring game, Florida wins big. Tom, you are out of your mind. You got you got Florida with one SEC win on the year in the month of November playing on the road against AM with all that talent. You're banking on an over with Haynes King involved and Jimbo Fisher. 
You are out of your mind. Those are terrible picks. Ryan, what are your picks for this game? Wow, Tom, I can't believe that. I'm actually going the opposite way. I love Texas A&M in this spot. I love the under. Anthony Richardson can't be trusted. Jimbo Fisher is drunk at the wheel calling plays. This is going way, way under. A&M is the better team, and they will hang on. They will take care of business at home. This is another outlandish pick on Take the Points. You got Jimbo Fisher and Haynes King with one SEC win. You're trusting them against a story program like Florida. And under, have you seen Florida play defense? Worst rushing defense I've ever seen out of Florida. They gave up 100 to Georgia, 500 to Tennessee. They can't be trusted. Anthony Richardson's a better quarterback than anyone that is out in Texas A&M. Or whatever, it don't matter either way. The point is, those picks are also incorrect. All right, well, there you have it, folks. <laughs> Texas A&M will win this game 11-9. to nine. <laughs> This is a good segment. I really like this This is my one. favorite new segment. I, I say that about every new segment we come up with, but we're actually... This one's good. We've actually struck the, gold here. Your opinion is wrong. Week 10. Just, just reach into a hat, right, over, under, home team away, and pick one of the four out and just... <laughs> If you're a total degenerate, that's really the way to do it. Oh yeah, I was thinking like year. I was thinking we should pick do out pick out of a hat. But if we're just gonna if we're just gonna have like home away, if we're not gonna list the team names, we could make like a special like die. You know, we could like the uh, Dungeons and Dragons twenty sided die that just has a bunch of like home away uh, over under rushing <laughs> back over total. We, we could, could just have a this. bunch of random bets and we'll roll the twenty sided die and just bet one unit on whatever comes up. I love that. And we'll, we're, we're going to start that week one next year. We'll do this segment at the end of it. We'll have a hat. We'll reach in and pick one of the four bets and just keep track throughout the year. Be like, all right, we got a and M minus three and a half. And we're all going to shake our heads every time. It doesn't matter what you get picked. You're going to go fuck yeah. every time. We're going to, we're going to live stream this on the new Elon Musk Twitter, which is just going to be like a version <laughs> of vine with six second videos. And we're going to be the biggest stars on the new Twitter. It's pretty good. Uh, okay, moving on. Um, let's see here. All right, no more messing around. We're gonna we're gonna only gonna talk about a few games today. Gonna condense it a little bit. Let's go to twelve thirty. Stop stop dicking around. Tennessee at Georgia. Number one ranked Tennessee. Number one against number three ranked Georgia uh, in the new whatever bowl BCS, whatever the hell is, it's called. Is that anyway, right? I've been, uh, yeah. I've been solo parenting tonight and I have not checked any of the new polls that are, we're recording this on Tuesday. First, first playoff poll. The first official playoff poll came out today in Tennessee's one. Ooh, that That's is, right. that is shocking to me, but Georgia is number one in like the AP and the coaches. Yeah. So when they play this week, it's going to be hilarious that on the screen, they're going to put one Tennessee versus one Georgia. They will do that, he, right? 1A, 1B. They should. They should. Is this the first ever is this the first ever number 1 versus number 1 matchup in history? I think so. It's pretty amazing. All right, historic. All right, when do you take this then? All right, Georgia minus 8 and a half total 66 uh SEC game so I'll I'll start this one. I did uh, very well betting college football last weekend, but I did miss badly with Kentucky against uh, Tennessee. You know, this is the second time this year I thought Tennessee would slip up. Um, I thought they'd slip up at LSU a little bit or home against Kentucky. Neither were the case. Uh, Both um, were games before they played Alabama and now Georgia. I didn't think they would lose against Pitt, but of course, the only team who's held a lead on Tennessee all year is, of course, Narduzzi, which, again, (laughs) makes total sense for no reason. Um, Tennessee's got that 2019 LSU kind of vibe to them at this point where, like, you got to be terrified of them. They're scoring so many points. You know, it's it's just I don't think that you can wager against Tennessee anymore. I mean, you can stay away, but they've, they've almost reached that Bama category where you got to stay away or bet them. Um, a big part of this game is Georgia's going to be without Nolan Smith, a uh, torn peck out for the year, their best linebacker guy who calls the plays on defense. 
that's a huge loss against this Tennessee offense. Georgia's offense hasn't looked that amazing this year. It feels like they aren't as good as last year. Um, you know, that being said, their defense is incredible. They're going to send a lot of guys to the pros, but they've won a lot of games in a row. And I feel like it kind of, uh, it might come to an end this week, but regardless, I think the side that you have to bet is Tennessee plus eight and a half. Uh, I don't think you can lay over a touchdown to this Tennessee squad. Even if George is up 14 late and Tennessee's got the ball with a minute and a half to go, you're going to be sweating the back door for sure. Um, total wise, I think 66 is a little high, actually. I know there was 100 points against Alabama, but I think at Georgia, they're going to try to slow this down a little bit. Georgia's going to try to snap the ball at one every time and run the ball. Um, Georgia, you know, is supposed to win this game, you know, I don't know, four out of five times, three out of five times, according to the math, something like that. But I, I think it's closer to Tennessee winning this game 55% of the time, Georgia 45% of the time, to be honest with you. Uh, anyway, long story short, I'm, I don't have the balls to take them on the money line, but I'm going to take uh, Tennessee plus eight and a half for sure. And I'm going to probably bet the under as well, but for sure, Tennessee. Ryan, what do you think? 41-31, Rocky Top. I don't think – I don't – I don't think Tennessee can be an underdog by more than a touchdown against any team on the road, even on the road in the country. That that's an outrageous, that should be six and a half. There's no reason this should be eight and a half. George is getting a little bit of an extra bump here because I'm not sure people still understand how good Tennessee really is. The fun thing about this matchup is, these two quarterbacks are both older than 10 starting quarterbacks in the NFL. There are 10 NFL quarterbacks starting this weekend that are younger than both Stetson Bennett and Hendon Hooker. So when your two starting quarterbacks are over 50 years old combined, that is, that is just a lot of experience. And I think that leads to not a lot of mistakes and a lot of efficient, good offense. So I'm going to take Tennessee, and I'm going to take the over. Let's go. All right, Z, what you got? Yeah, I think we'll make it three. And um, this is not based so much on a, like, you know, X's and O's analysis so much as like Tennessee feels like a team of destiny, as you said, Dan, like I wouldn't put them quite at 2019 LSU, but something about them feels like, you know, they're, they're just on a hot streak or this is a special year for them. Um, even if they don't win every game and Georgia kind of feels like that, you know, that typical, like year after a championship team where they're still ranked at the top of the charts, they haven't lost, but you know, something's a little off, you know, like a 2000, I don't know, five or six, uh, USC or like, um, some of those, I, I don't know. There've been other teams, you know, Texas with Colt McCoy, where it's like, they're, they're still up there, but they're not quite as good as the team that won the championship. And that's the feel that I get from Georgia. Something's just a little off. And I think it's what we said all year, losing 15 guys to the NFL, you just can't expect to be quite at the same level. Um, so I don't know who's going to win this. I mean, I would have it a pick them in my book. Um, Georgia probably gets a few points advantage for having a home field. Um, if this was at Tennessee, I think it would be a different story. So I don't know if I have the balls to pick them outright either. Um, but I'd certainly take the eight points. I mean, no one in this game should be favored by more than a touchdown. And I'm probably going to put a little on the Tennessee money line. I I mean, something just feels like they're the team of destiny this year. Go Vols. Who would have thought? I think so. They remind me of the Bills, actually. Like, they remind me of the college Bills. They can just score. It's like any play, no matter where they are on the field, they could score within 30 seconds. And the defense is like, not amazing, but pretty good. Good enough. It's impressive what they're doing, no doubt. Um, Tennessee. All right, let's continue here. All right. 
12:30, Michigan State at Illinois. Illinois minus 16, total 41 and a half. 16th ranked Illinois. Tom, go right ahead. So this is a um this is like a, a body switching move movie because Brett Bielema was on our tarmac report for a long time and now uh Mel Tucker is getting close to that point. And uh I think this incident with the the helmet thing is actually gonna be like I don't think this is going away quickly. I feel like this could be similar to, you know, a unnamed Brian Harson incident or other coaches that have had things that are not exactly on the field. Although this one's adjacent to the field that could really like tank their career. I, I think this is going to haunt him for a while and the way they've been playing. Like we could see the end of Mel Tucker by next year. I think now um, they stink. Michigan state is awful this year. And you talk about Northwestern, but like, I don't know if Michigan state played Northwestern already, but like that's, that's, you know, that's a three point line right now. So, uh, you have to go with Illinois as much as I hate it. Um, yeah, I know Dan, Illinois is going to the, uh, they're going to the big 10 championship game. Maybe. Oh my God. I still think Wisconsin can sneak past them, but we'll see. Ryan, do you have anything to add on this game? Pass. Okay. I got something on this game and that's this week's coach's restaurant on Mel Tucker. Yes. <clears throat> If Mel Tucker found himself out of a job at college football and no longer the coach of Michigan State, he would be a great manager at Panera Bread. Panera Bread is a new, fun concept that was rebranded from other small change. But it turns out that it's nothing more than overpriced garbage. <laughs> and that's exactly what Mel Tucker is at Michigan State. Complete overpriced garbage. You go under 500 at Colorado, at mighty Colorado against that vicious Pac-12 schedule, and you get rewarded with 95 million bucks. You can't keep your team in line. You're three and five in a shitty-ass Big Ten. You're a disgrace to the coaching industry. Panera Bread also sucks. If you want a turkey, avocado, bacon sandwich, feel free to fork out 17 bucks, which is way out of line, uh, much like the $95 million <clears throat> excuse me a little dry in the mouth but I had some Panera bread earlier um it's just bad so Panera bread sucks Mel Tucker sucks overpriced overpriced and, that, and that's pretty much it this week it's a short one but I will leave you with this is there any chance Michigan State is able to get out from the Mel Tucker contract if they find him somehow liable for his players hitting players or you know what I mean like attacking the Michigan guys are they gonna try to blame that on the coach or something and I mean, it depends you, on what can, it depends on what the with cause. I mean, it depends on the with cause they have within his contract. I mean, it's possible that they could have um, what's the um, what's the one the NCAA uses? Failure to, <laughs> um, yeah, the the Mike Leach rule. I forget the name of it. Right. Um, Lock you on that. It's like failure failure to protect player safety or something. Not that's not it, but something like that. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of like the um, what's the one that's like the uh, failure to, I don't know, like uphold the standards of the university or something like that. Oh, okay, yeah, like a morality yeah. clause, right? A morality clause, right? So if there's one of those, they could potentially. We'll see because those Michigan players hired the guy, the lawyer, did you see who they hired? Yeah. Yeah. That guy doesn't lose. He wins every case against the NCAA. Every coach that's hired him has gotten paid. So it'll be interesting. I wonder if Michigan state fans are like, um, you know, like, Oh, don't throw me in the briar patch. Like, Oh no, don't hire this guy who might end Mel Tucker's career and get us out of the buyout. No, don't ruin our program in that way. Exactly. All right. 1230, 330 slot, whatever. Syracuse at Pitt. Oh, boy. Uh, both teams coming off some head-scratching performances. Syracuse, again, as expected, had the look of a team with a hangover from a loss 
against Clemson through a pick six on the first play of the game. Schrader gets hurt. Notre Dame scores in the 40s, which is way too much with that offense. Pitt, meanwhile, uh, gives up a trillion points in a row to North Carolina. Um, Drake May is going to be a superstar, by the way, on North Carolina. I mean, that kid's incredible. We um, said that about Sam Howell when he was a freshman, and he was a Zach Mills legacy. It's true. So well, we've very, talked about, I mean, you look at, point. again, look at Bo Nix and stuff like you need the coaching. So, you know, it talent alone doesn't do it. Like some of the reason these players start out hot and then fade off, it's like a coaching or failure to develop. It's true. Um, Pitt minus three and a half over under 48 total generic line, three and a half point home field advantage. 24 points each. Sounds about right. Uh, Vegas set this one exact. Ryan, what do you like in this game? I have no clue. I have little to no feel for this game. I'm just going to assume it's going to be an ugly slop fest and just take the under and just figure Dino Nardog under. Tom. This could have been your your opinion is wrong game. It's nice you got out Easily. of it's nice you got out of the ACC for once, but uh, yeah, every ACC game, basically, especially the ones not involving Clemson, it's it's like a anything goes. So I'm not betting the ACC the rest of this year. Yes, you are. Um, next week when Wake Forest plays against North Carolina, I don't care oh, if that totals a hundred hundred eighty. Yeah, over over all of it. Well, Wake for speaking of Wake Forest and like your opinion yes. is wrong. I don't know if we're going to talk about them later, but what the fuck happened to them losing 48, 14 <laughs> against Louisville? Eight turnovers in the second half, eight in one half. We thought Miami did the impossible at eight in one game. NC or Wake Forest said, hold my beer. And they did it eight times in a half and gave up 35 in a row in the third quarter alone to Louisville. Louisville somehow has turned their season around in quotes uh, but we'll, we might talk about that later. Well, that's Ryan's uh, call anyway. to make, but yeah, the, the eight turnovers is the point where like when you have a turnover chain or whatever turnover chainsaw, whatever you use, like by the sixth or seventh one, you're like, eh, we're not doing it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was fun the first six times, but like, we're not going to do this all eight times. Are we? No. And speaking of turnover, uh, turnover chain, I think that's the most obvious uh, example of a uh, horrible karma in college football this year. Cristobal gets rid of the turnover chain in Miami. And this is what you get. You get eight turnovers in one game and you get blown out by Duke at home. He's so. trying to take, yeah. I mean, trying to take over the U and make them like a straight laced, respectable program. It's something feels off about the karma of that, you know? It's true. Oh God. All right. Let's move on here a little bit. Let's, uh, let's skim through some lines. Here's a fun one. Liberty at Arkansas, Arkansas minus 13 and a half total 63. Ryan, what you got? Um, well, Hugh freeze just got paid. I wonder if Liberty's paying them with any, any, money they get from that Netflix documentary. That's going to be, you know, <laughs> Do they get royalties ch- on that. I don't know if they get royalties, but you know, that would explain how they can afford this contract extension for Hugh freeze. Who's heading back Liberty. down, heading back down to the South with Brian Harson recently fired. This feels like one of those games where Liberty's going to, throw the kitchen sink at him because Hugh wants to show off that he's a candidate. But I think if KJ Jefferson plays, it doesn't matter. I think he's really that good when he's healthy. And for me, it's I'll take Arkansas and I'll lay, I'll lay the two touchdowns. If he's healthy and he's playing, they're going to win by 30. Correct. Z. Yeah, same. It's the talent disparity is too great. I mean, this is like a 42-21 type game. They're going to double them up, I think. It's possible. Uh, I will say that Arkansas is my candidate for the team most likely to destroy somebody in a bowl game. Like, absolutely wreck them horribly. I mean, 
They have three losses on the year. They're all in a row. The fluke game against AM, the game against Bama where everything went wrong, and then they made a great second half comeback before Jefferson got hurt, and then the game Jefferson missed. I mean, a couple weird breaks, and they're at least a one-loss team, probably ranked like 12th in the country. So for yeah. them to be on rank, silly. They're 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 they would they would mop the floor with Illinois. They would sh- completely destroy them. It's funny you mentioned Illinois because uh, right now, yeah, Big Ten is slotted to play one of those like fifth or sixth place um, SEC teams, and some of the projections have like a. Uh, 10 and two Penn state playing like an eight and four Arkansas or LSU. And it's, that's going to be one of those where, you know, because of records and stuff, people will be like, Oh, Penn state should win this game by 12 points and it, it'll get ugly. Yeah. Incorrect. Uh, Wait till Arkansas like- smashes LSU next week too, by the way, after LSU loses to Bama and they're going to get the, the shang, the hangover after the Bama loss, Arkansas yep. It's going to be LSU ranked like 14th and Arkansas unranked, and they're going to wax them. So just getting ahead of the game here. It's pretty good. I like the over this game of 63. Seems like all the games with KJ Jefferson go over. Uh, Big, big props to Sam Pittman last week in a 42-17 game against uh, Auburn on the road. They're running the clock out. With a minute to go, they had fourth and eight in LSU's territory for about the 25. And they could just hand it off and then give it back on downs to uh, Auburn. But, no, they bring in the field goal unit at 58 points where the total 60 and a half. And the kicker bangs it for the over for a winner for me. And they show Sam Pittman on the sideline. He's got his arms raised in the air, smiling. He knew for sure what that total was. So, bet all the Arkansas overs. So fucking cool. What a, what a great break. Okay. This is one that's a little bit off the radar, but I feel like we need to talk about it. FIU travels to North Texas, <laughs> North Texas Ling, it's Ling a setup. 21. It's a setup. Total 62. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts on this game? Unfortunately, no, I have no <laughs> thoughts on this game. Nothing to say. Florida Atlantic one last or Florida international one last hmm. week. So we're we're gonna we're gonna let we're gonna let that slide for a week. Nothing right. to say. Great, sounds good. Let's move <laughs> on then. Alabama travels to LSU. Uh, Alabama minus thirteen and a half total fifty eight. LSU is ranked tenth all of a sudden, and if they would have beaten Florida State, they'd be ranked sixth, which is ridiculous. Um, I don't know. It's a night game at LSU, but I don't trust Jaden Daniels. I think Will Anderson might kill him, like physically murder him. Uh, give me Alabama minus 13 and a half. I'm not going to overthink this one. Ryan? Jaden Daniels weighs like 170 pounds. He's going to get absolutely thrashed. They're going to – I don't think LSU is any good at all. Tenth in the country is a total – total joke this is like those south carolina teams that were 10th in the country or jimbo when he's ninth in the country it's a complete fraud i have no faith in brian kelly i think saban's going to take him out behind the woodshed and put an absolute beat down on him if you need an alt line at like 28 i would lay it i think alabama's gonna murder him okay z you guys just don't believe in family. Uh, I think, I mean, night game at LSU, you got to assume that it's going to be an electric environment and that's going to affect the game. And so I think it's going to be tight in the first half. I think Alabama does pull away eventually, uh, but I think LSU is going to have enough energy. I like Jaden Daniels, assuming he doesn't get killed, which is a 50, 50 proposition. Um, so I think Alabama covers it barely. I think they win by about 16. All right. Also, same time, we got Texas going to Kansas State. Texas minus two and a half on the road, total 54 and a half. I wrote down uh, the lines to um, uh, uh, about nine or 10 games this week just to see how close I was to the Vegas Lions. Uh, I did very well. I was uh, within a point on a couple of them, hit a couple on the nose. This is the one where I got wrong the most. 
I had Kansas State minus three, and it's Texas minus two and a half. Ryan, you want to start this one? Yeah, this is a, this is one of the weirder ones for me too because Kansas State looked ridiculous last week. I mean, forty-eight nothing beat down of Oklahoma State. I know Oklahoma State was flawed at, at nine from the country, but that's that's just an absolute demoralizing victory. So I don't know if maybe they think there's a little bit of a letdown spot here, or they just think Texas is really that good when healthy. But for me, this is a bit of a stay away. Probably a little sprinkle on the over, but this is this is a bit of a stay away. I think this is pretty much a pick 'em. See. I mean, I think you could argue, even though we love TCU, that Kansas State, when healthy, is the best team in the Big 12, and they look great. Uh, that w- The win last week was one of the most thorough beatdowns of the season. I mean, it's up there with, like, the Georgia-Oregon Week 1 domination. So, I mean, I think that was one of the more impressive wins, despite any flaws of Oklahoma State. So, I'm going to roll with Kansas State until further notice. I think they win this game outright, and I think their defense just – suffocates Texas. So uh, Kansas state under. I'm not sure in the total, but uh, I'm going to take Kansas state. I think you got a big uh, motivation angle here with the Kansas state quarterback, Will Howard. Um, you know, he was supposed to take over after Skylar Thompson left and, you know, was on the Miami dolphins. And then they bring in Adrian Martinez in conference stiff from Nebraska. And you're like, he's like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm supposed to start. And when he plays, they they look awesome. He was great against TCU before he got hurt. They waxed Oklahoma State. They look really good, and they seem to be peaking at the right time. Texas, inconsistent play. Uh, give me Kansas State in the money line, plus 120 mm-hmm. for a little fun. They're, I mean, they're, uh, right, they're a top 10 team, don't you think? Uh, Borderline? 12th to 15th. Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see if they played, like, Oregon what would happen, you know, something like that. But I don't know. Yeah, about 12th, I think's fair. All right, let's move on here. Uh, West Virginia travels to Ames, Iowa, to take on Iowa State. Uh, Iowa State minus seven somehow, uh, even though they're 0-5 in, in conference. Total 50-and-a-half. These teams have combined for a big 1-9 and in conference this year against that mighty big 12. Both teams 3-5. and five. Uh, someone's going to be three and six and someone is in big trouble. Uh, hard game to pick Ryan, any selections? I do have a selection and, and that is for Neil Brown to hire a travel agent because he is not making the plane ride home. It's tarmac time, folks. We held out late this episode. We had some other segments, but don't worry. We are here. And we're jumping right into it with number five, Neil Brown. West Virginia has given you every opportunity to save your job. And every time you you start to look like you're going to save your job, you take two steps back. Last week, they gave TCU a bit of a run, kept it competitive, kept it high scoring. Was never going to win that game. This is the letdown spot. They blew their load, losing by 10 last week. They're going to get demolished, and I think Neil Brown gets the axe in Ames, Iowa this week. Coming in at number four, Jeff Scott, South Florida. (laughs) That name always makes me laugh. Two first names. Jeff Scott. Another (laughs) awful loss last week. One in seven. Hey, here's a question. You guys said UMass is the worst team ever. Is the second worst team ever Temple? Because define define ever, because Temple was good at one point. Right no, 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 this year. Right this year. They're oh, awful. Oh, yes, they suck. Yeah, well, here's the thing. South Florida's only favored by three and a half. <laughs> Yeah, that's one of those. I mean, that's one of those where you could be fired based on the line alone. Correct. That is exactly correct. So South Florida, if you lose the temple, we will have a new number one in the tarmac next week. 
if we even make it to he next might not episode. be around to, to see he might not be around to get the flowers it's possible also another possible awful terrible needs to be fired soon coach butch jones arkansas state great job last week butch your team had negative rushing yards in college football you had negative rushing yards in a game you got outgained on the ground like 185 to negative 40 like that's terrible like if you can't even get positive rushing yards in that conference in that schedule it's time to go it's time to go number 2 we have a twofer at number two, and that is the combination in the other Arkansas school or Iowa school. Kirk and Brian Ferentz, congratulations. You have bumped down from one to two. It's not going to help you when you get beat by Purdue this weekend. You're going to be back to number one possibly next week, but for this week, enjoy number two. Because that's exactly what your offense does on the field. A giant number two. And at number one, rules are rules. Jeff Halfley, BC <laughs> Quad, oh you lost to UConn. You lost to UConn. I, there's nothing else I can say to make any more jokes. There's nothing... I can say that's worse than just saying you lost to UConn and you scored three points. You have to be number one on the tarmac. I was shocked and appalled that I even had the opportunity to put him at number one this week and he wasn't fired before this episode. But I'm glad that Harson got the axe so that Halfley could live. Let's go. You know, that CT bus line runs right by Rentschler Field. They could have tarmacked him on the on the bus line. You know, we don't have a true airport here in Connecticut. But, yeah, the fast the CT fast track runs right through there. They could have just, like, grabbed him, tossed him in. That's right. Could have had a Greyhound report instead of a tarmac report. Yeah, and it's, it's uh, free fares right now, so they could have paid exactly what he's worth to ship them home zero there it is and let me just point out folks a little ps addendum to the tarmac we have a official loser leaves town match we're at that point in the season guys and this week's loser leaves town central michigan and the shark humper at at northern illinois Okay, so last season, Central Michigan and Northern Illinois tied for first place in the MAC West. This year, they're both two and six going into this game. Congratulations. You're both going to go from nine and four to four and nine this season. And that is a great way to get on the tarmac. Can I point out that you have a loser leaves town match? You believe one of the two coaches will be fired? within the next seven days and they didn't make the tarmac. They had to be an honorable mention. That's how bad things have been this year. Look, I didn't even get Mac, Mike McIntyre, Willie Taggart, any of those guys on the list, but guess what? Next week, FIU plays FAU. So we know who the, there's going to be a loser leaves town next week in Florida. Can't wait. Oh yeah. doesn't matter who wins because they're all losers. You guys get 30 minutes on UConn every week. I'm getting 30 minutes on FIU versus FAU. Fair enough. Looking forward to it. Oh, I can't wait. It's the, it's the new version of our new Mexico versus New Mexico state game. Who you got? Who you got a or I a versus I baby. Let's go. All right, Danny, (laughs) bring us home. All right, Clemson at Notre Dame. Clemson minus three and a half, total 44 and a half. Tom, take this one. Uh, do I have to? Um, I guess. I, yeah. 
I guess Clemson's been playing all right. Notre Dame's, uh, despite looking good against Syracuse, like they've been pretty bad this season. So Clemson seems like, I I don't know, because they seem like they're going to weasel their way into the playoff, but they definitely aren't that good and don't deserve a spot. And I do feel like they're going to choke away a game at some point, but don't know what else to do. You can't bet against them in this awful ACC. Ryan, what do you think? I think Vegas is right on the ball with this. Um, I do think that 44 seems a little bit high. I know the Vegas is saying 24-20, but I'm going to say 17-13. It is going to be a four-point game, but 17-13 Clemson. Very low. Um, I'm going to say Clemson wins by a touchdown and to hell with South Bend Community College. Let's go, Clemson. <clears throat> Moving on. Florida State at Miami. Florida State minus seven and a half, total 53. Florida State's uh, had a decent year. They're five and three. This is the first time they've won multiple conference games by more than 25 points in like 10 years or something like that, which is a good kind of return to form for them, taking care of the scrubs. Miami, by the way, is awful, just completely terrible. Uh, They're worse than last year. Uh, I know Chris Ball's got a bunch of great recruits coming in and whatnot, but this current team that he's left over with doesn't mesh at all with what he wants to do. The players don't want to be there. It's a bad situation. Uh, I know it's a rivalry game, but Give me Florida State in seven and a half. You cannot, you cannot bet on Miami under any circumstances right now. Even if, even if Miami was getting twenty-one, I don't even care. Twenty-one, nope, can't do it. They're 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 a cancerous team. Uh, Ryan, any thoughts on that one? Yeah, totally agree. That you said it exactly. You cannot bet on Miami until further notice. No. See. Nope. Same. All right. Sounds good. Uh, okay, and we'll go hmm. last game of the night on my end. Cal at USC. USC minus 21 and a half, total 60. USC only lost one game by one point because of a two-point conversion at Utah. Can USC still make the national championship? And for picking this game, lay the 21 and a half, but... Ryan, can, can they make the or can they make the playoff with one loss? I don't think so. Um, I think it's you know we're going to get two SEC teams. We're going to get the winner of Ohio State, Michigan, and then if TCU runs the table, it's TCU. If TCU has a loss, I mean, do you take? I mean, Clemson might run the table too. So I don't know. It's. I don't see a scenario where USC can get in with one loss, but it would be great. Either way, I'm going way over the 60 in this game, way over. I totally disagree. I think uh, the people who make the playoff would be itching to put them in if they had the opportunity. So if um, a bunch of teams are undefeated, then of course it's easy. But if a bunch of teams have one loss and, USC's one loss is such a tight game at Utah and the other teams are like Clemson who haven't played the, you know, strength of schedule and you've got Lincoln Riley and Caleb Williams. Uh, I think absolutely they'll put USC in the playoff. That's all I got. I don't have a pick for this game. I got more important games to pick Dan. All right, go ahead, Tom, take it away. All right, we talked about our eight turnover games. Two straight weeks of eight turnovers. Miami, and then uh, who was the other one? Well, it doesn't matter. Wake, wake. Forest. Wake, uh, wake Forest. Oh, yes, Wake Forest. All right, your uh, eight turnover candidate for this week is Rutgers. Chopping wood and turning the ball over. Michigan, minus 26. Harbaugh's an asshole. He's going to win 72-3 to three in this game. So lay it with Michigan. <laughs> That's a great pick. Yes. There's not a high enough line. Oh, and uh 45 uh total in that game. You can double up and take an over two because Michigan will score that by themselves. Um I like that. Dan, 
you had some interesting thoughts on Boise State, so I would love to get your take on uh, Boise minus 7.5 against BYU. BYU fucking sucks. They're the worst. This is the worst BYU team in a minute. Boise State seems to be having fun again. Uh, Hank Bachmeyer is probably playing volleyball or some shit. So lay it with Boise State. All right. Ryan, you got anything? Uh, a couple real quick ones. Um, Kentucky minus two at Missouri. I think Missouri's awful, and Kentucky should bounce back. Uh, Iowa Purdue under 42. Don't be fooled by Iowa scoring 33 on Northwestern. That was a total fraud. Go right back to betting the unders for Iowa. Uh, another under, Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, under 40 and a half. Eesh. That is low, and it's not low enough. Neither of these teams is getting to 20. That is brutal. Uh, two teams that That's will get one. way over 20, UCF, Memphis, over 58 and a half. Uh, I like that a lot. Memphis, this isn't the Memphis of the last few years. They don't score a billion, but. UCF does, and this is a rivalry game, so I like the over in this one. Uh, and my favorite play of the week, I swore off betting this team or betting any game involving this team, but we have to do it. It's tradition. The post-Tarmac bump, Auburn plus 13 at Mississippi State. They just hired Mississippi State's AD. Also, do you guys realize who's the interim coach at Auburn? For this game. Cadillac. Cadillac Williams. Oh yeah. I freaking love this right here. Plus 13 with Cadillac as the coach. Auburn pride. This is exactly what they want. They want an Auburn guy doing Auburn things. So I don't know if I have the balls to take a money line, but I will take the plus 13 in a heartbeat. I'll tell you what I like about that Cadillac, obviously a famed running back. And, you know, I assume they'll focus more on the run game. One of the problems with Harson is he dicked around on offense a little bit and would do more, you know, passing plays. They got a great running back still in Bigsby. And when they just line up and try to overpower teams, they're actually much better than when they try to do, you know, spread or passing or trickery. So you know, their best, um, much like the Packers attempted with the Bills, their best bet at Auburn for the rest of the season is just line up and play smash mouth football. And you're not going to win every game, but you'll do a lot better. I could see that happening with Cadillac. And, and props to the Auburn boosters for keeping Bigsby on that team for like, it feels like seven years at this point. They must be paying yeah. him great money on yeah. the table oh, because yeah. everyone else has left. How has he not been in the transfer portal two years ago? Like when they hired Harson, he should have bounced to any program he wanted to in the country. He is a stud and he's going to be awful in the NFL because he's going to have like 3,700 carries in his Auburn career. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, so true. unfortunately that's probably true. All right. That's right. Is that it? That is it for this week. Uh, next week we're going to do our world cup picks. I, I, I forgot about that. I'm not ready yet. Yeah. We're over time, but we got a lot of thoughts on the nation of Qatar. We do. They're going to win a game in the shadiest fashion in the history of all sports. Going back to Roman times, 2000 years of sport and the shadiest win of anything is definitely going to happen. Do not fade Qatar in any match. You will Oh yeah. Lose. Hey, you think the Michigan, Michigan state tunnel incident is bad. You just wait until like the, the nation of Portugal plays Qatar and half their team just disappears at halftime. Yep. They're all going to get messages saying, if you win this game, everyone is dead. All of you, you will, you will you know, remain in Qatar forever building our city of the future for $0. That's, that's correct. That's that. Yes. That is for sure happening. Do not bet against Qatar under any circumstances. Somebody's yeah. Somebody's going to Qatar and not coming home. Also true. Also true. 
All right. Uh, well, yeah, it sounds like any... a promising World Cup and a great place. <laughs> sounds, to... like another... <laughs> sounds like a great sounds decision like... by FIFA Sports. Mm. And I can't wait Looking to talk about e- that. Looking forward to eating Thanksgiving dinner and watching Qatar football. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with uh, more good games and more of our world famous segments. Take the point. 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 Take the point.